0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 Dilly D. Oh. Smack of
1: a gob! What's going on, everybody? I am. Dr. Fuck. And with me is... Oh, yeah! Wadzilla! What's up, Ralph? We are the podcast chumps! That's right. bunch of divas. We're the diva podcast... Fuck that podcast king. What do we care about those votes we got that we became the podcast king? I'd rather be a podcast chump.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I think we ought to be like... uh... The podcast fluids, you know, like non-binary, you know?
1: Yeah, and you know what, Ian? Why, why do you bring that up now? That would have been the perfect game for this It just slows off the tongue, that one, man. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. that was, uh, yeah. The pod fluids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have said that, uttered it back then. Pod fluids. I'm like, oh, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> Posulous.
0: Yeah, a couple of it's talking about stuff.
1: Apostolates. <laughs> oh. <posulous>. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Fuck.
0: <laughs> oh, shit, man. I'm just happy it is Fat Tuesday here in New Orleans. Mardi Gras is officially fucking over. No more having to deal with fucking parades and all this shit Having trouble getting home from work. And, uh, had the day off today, but got to go back tomorrow.
1: But so, I'm so, so today was Fat Tuesday. What do they call Wednesday? Nothing, right? It's just that's it. Fat Tuesday, and then we just keep going on with our day.
0: Uh, yeah, the Catholics, or as my grandfather would call them, Catholicers. Yeah, he he was the bigot, not me. <laughs> uh, uh, to Catholics. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday.
1: You see, that's kind of shocking to me. Why the fuck are Catholics doing the Mardi Gras shit? I guess on Ash Wednesday they beg for forgiveness.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Is tomorrow is the beginning of Lent for Catholics, where they like punish themselves for a month. They're supposed to give up something. Uh, you know, a lot of people give up sweets or alcohol or some shit like that. I shouldn't say a lot of people. I mean, there's very few, you know, practicing. <laughs> people left in the world. But anyway, uh, you know, it's a very Catholic town, at least it was in its origins. And Mardi Gras is just like, you know, party balls to the wall before you have to be good for a month.
1: Right. So basically, Satan comes to New Orleans and hauls ass on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, today is Mardi Gras day. But it actually, it, it's like a two-week event. So it's basically two weeks of parades, and I live right in the middle of everything. So getting home from work, you know, is a pain in the ass. It, it's loud as shit, you know, shit's getting crazy. And this was the first one since uh, the pandemic. So I I, I knew people were going to get extra crazy. And I'm actually glad that uh, it was as peaceful as it was. Because I was expecting a lot more bullshit. I mean, there's still plenty of shootings and stabbings, but (laughs) not to the extent that I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, but what you don't know, a lot of those people were shipped to the Ukraine. They're over there raising hell.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, man. I I just found out, uh, you know, we talked in our previous episode, um, you know, uh, D. Snyder talking about people playing, we're not going to take it, you know, and, and he was all for that. Well, apparently... Uh, Twisted Sister only gets you so far. So now uh the Ukraine resistance, they're actually playing the Terrence episodes to scare off uh the Russians. Hey. And it, it's it's working.
1: Yeah, it didn't work for us though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Oh, so anyway, um you got any, I, I heard, you know, I heard through the grapevine, man, that we got iTunes reviews. Yes,
0: yes, we do. Uh, this was something that the, the amazing Brian Davis from Damn Good Movie Memories, yeah. uh, he, he's, cool. he sent me a link. And uh, unfortunately, though, uh, see, I just use iTunes for my music. Uh, I do not have an iPhone. Well, my work phone's an iPhone, but, uh, I, I, hate Apple products and Apple computers. And so the link isn't working exactly right for me. Uh, cause it was supposed to take me to iTunes, uh, Australia, iTunes, Canada, but it's not working that great. But on the one page that it takes me to, I can see three, um, Of our podcast reviews.
1: Okay, we got three to talk about.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking right now. uh, This is Australia. In Australia, we have a shit ton of five-star ratings. No four-star ratings. And we got a couple threes, twos, and ones. But from what I can read, we've got three five-star reviews to read. So I'm happy about that. This first one, a five-star review from Pat's Past. And it's entitled Sensational. And Pat's Past says, and I quote, These two podcasters together were fantastic. So many highlights over a five-year run. Forever it will shine. So apparently this was written while we were on our hiatus. So this was like something to put on our tombstone in Australia. But we are back from the dead. And I'm sure... uh, Pat's pass is very happy.
1: Well, Pax Pass, the joke's on you, dude. All this is an act. We just, yeah. We just did this to get more ratings.
0: Yeah, we thought it was the only thing we could do to get the, you know, this guy to finally put a iTunes review. <laughs> that worked.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we said, I gotta get an iTunes review from this Pat guy, <laughs> but we but he won't do it unless we break up.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, boy, we 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 were good actors too, man. Yeah. Cat's out of the bag. All from Australian, right? He's from, He's an Aussie. Yeah, cranky. Yeah, cranky. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just he just spit his pastas out. That's
0: Australian for beer. Yeah,
1: I can't get the truth.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, this next one, another five star review. This one from Ian UFO seventeen. I like this dude already
1: and he says uh, it's entitled Real Music he says and I quote wait wait, wait. you know why I like this guy a lot Ian why is that his name is Ian UFO 100 okay 17 check it out Ian UFO 17 notice it's UFO and 17 not Ralph <laughs> yeah. alright this is entitled
0: Real Music He says, and I quote, Great Great hard rock metal podcast. These guys know their bands. I grew up on 80s rock and found myself going back to the 70s. So it's great to hear their take on some of my favorite albums. By the way, I'm a massive Van Halen six-pack fan. Awesome. Keep rocking and horns up.
1: Hell yeah. These iTunes reviews rule. Right. Right on and, and, 17. Yes, thank you, brother.
0: And now this one is from somebody we know very well from the page. Hmm. But you won't find out in, in, until the very end. Cuz he's got he's got a different name for his iTunes. But this is a uh, a five-star review from Jackie Caesar. This is his iTunes name. And he says, and I quote, Just hanging with my mates and loving the rock and metal. It's crazy, these guys don't know me, but I know them. I hang out with them all the time. I talk to them. They don't hear me, but they still talk back. I'm like Patrick Swayze in Ghost, not the band. That's what I feel like because this show is real, in capitals. I do feel like I'm catching up with good mates to have a drink, a laugh, and listen to some real music. I never miss an episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Even if, it's, even if I've never heard of the album or even the band, there will be plenty of gold from the presenters. I want to thank both the Doctor and the Ayatollah, you got it right, Hell Yeah. for the many fantastic albums, songs, and bands they've turned me on to in the past year. The personal stories, the passion, the humor, the laughter, the disagreements, the incoherence, The orgasmic moments of shared euphoria when a song, lyric, or bent note from a rock god brings us all together are just a small part of what makes this show the best podcast on the known planet and parts unknown. Yeah. And and that's from Jack Roberts, Melbourne, Australia.
1: Ah, yes, Jack Roberts. Yes. Good guy. guy. He he, he, uh, did a track-by-track. I did a track-by-track for Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. Thank you, Jack. Yes, Yes, Jack is very, uh, very active on the Facebook page. And if either Pats Past or ENEOFO17, if you guys are on the Facebook page, and and why wouldn't you be, uh, let us know who you are. And that was your review. And uh, I want to thank Brian Davis for hooking that up. And maybe in the future I can find a way to get to the rest of the reviews Uh, Because I know there's a lot more, but I I keep trying... When I go to access it, it takes me to iTunes, but it takes me to the U.S. iTunes. So it kind of defeats the purpose, but there might be a way to figure this out. But in the meantime, I got three reviews to read from Canada. All right. So so let's see what we got going in the Great White North. Go,
1: go, 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 How the fuck can they write in that cold?
0: (laughs) Holy shit! Now we're this shows you how nice the Canadians are. We've got a shit ton, and because I I can't see a number without being on the actual iTunes, but but the meter is all the way to the right for the five star reviews. We got a decent amount of four stars, same amount of three stars, and absolutely no twos or ones. Canadians
1: are so nice. Yeah, and they have and they have no morality. Nobody hates us in Canada. Yeah, a bunch of sick fucks like us.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, here's a five star review from Captain Crunch, uh, entitled "The Perfect Podcast for Heavy Metal Maniacs Worldwide." Heavy Metal. <laughs> he says, and I quote: Ian Waddles, Tommy the Cat, and
1: Rafael Vieira. Whoa, 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 whoa!
0: You put a hat in front of me?
1: You yeah. and like, hey, the cat, fuck, dude. All right, I'm gonna keep my mouth shut cause I, am gonna, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. Keep going. <laughs> All
0: right, uh, are the top of the heap when it comes to rock and metal themed podcasts. The metallic trio discuss rock and metal news, which is my favorite segment of the show, and then proceed to give an give an in depth re- uh in depth album review. Listen to this podcast if you're obsessed with rock. Metal Music, and Loathe Sammy Hagar. Hopefully you guys will review some Talking Heads albums in the future episodes. Also, when are you guys going to review Diver Down? Thanks for the endless hours of content. We haven't done Diver Down yet? No, because that's the one we keep, uh, we want to do that with Greg Renoff. Oh, okay. And I think that'd be a lot of fun, you know. He's a busy, famous, uh, you know, best-selling author. So uh, and I, I think that's the last one of the six pack we have too. Uh, the the last Dave
1: what period? The last yeah the, no well the last Van Halen album period. We did different kinds.
0: Right, right. So really all there is is you know the live album. I guess we could do that at some point. But Diver Down's the last studio album. Yeah, true. So uh, yeah, that that's definitely something. Uh, you know, cause it's special. We're going to say that with Greg. Greg's a great guy. We always love seeing him at rock and pod. And uh, he, hes such. I think he's Canadian cause he's so fucking nice, but he gets our sense of humor and, uh, and it, I think it would make for a great episode. So in the future, yes, we will do that.
1: Yeah. Check out the rock and pod last episode. We interviewed him. It was great.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the look on his face. Cause that was the last interview we did of the day. And it was his last interview, and we just had a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. Yep. All right. The next is a five-star review from Art ArtVandelay40. Uh, simply titled, Amazing. And he says, and I quote, great chemistry. So short and to the point, but God damn it, it's a five-star review.
1: Hey, I'm glad the guy just didn't put your name in front of mine. That's all <laughs> I That was a great, great review. Hey, short to the point, it's like, you know, like an S.O.D. track off Speak English or Die. It's like five seconds, but it makes its point. Uh, ah, f- fugu. <laughs> Canadians rule, man. And I forgive that Canadian for putting a cat in front of me. But, you know, they're in Canada. Their brains are frozen. How the fuck can they write up there? Seriously. It's fucking cold, man. I, you know I, it it, I,
0: it never gets above negative ten degrees in Canada. That that's a true story.
1: And I I I, I would die. You know, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Floridian, man. I'm a Miami boy.
0: That that's some cold ass shit.
1: Yep, I can't even handle the cold down here. Trust me. They got in the forties last week. That shit was brutal.
0: Turned your skin white.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call me for now on White Sabbath. <laughs> the
0: only Sabbath that yeah. you'll ever hear on, on the Terrence Reardon podcast. <sighs> uh, all right. And our last review of the day comes from somebody you're very familiar with, and, and everybody on the Facebook pages. Sneed Rock left yes. us a five star review entitled Shame on Me. <laughs> shame, shame, shame. 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 <laughs> He says, and I quote, shame on me for not writing a review sooner. I've listened to this podcast for several years and it is simply the best. Ralph and Ian deliver a banger week in and week out. Even the lesser known albums are done exceptionally well. There's no reason they won as champs. There's no reason they won as champs for the recent battle of best podcasts. I, I think he means there is a reason. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he says, A great mix of metal, humor, personal stories about the music makes this a great podcast and a great way to spend a couple of hours each week. Keep up the great work, guys.
1: Well, thank you, Snead. Yeah, thank you, man. That was awesome. They were all awesome.
0: Yes, and and, and we forgive uh, you know the, the, the mess up on that review because it's so fucking cold there.
1: Yeah, again, you know, he's misspelling shit. He's freezing.
0: Yeah, yeah, so so I'll let that go. But again, thank you to everybody who left a review, and thank you to Brian Davis uh, for bringing these to my attention. And also, in the next coming weeks, I, I need to get back. Now i got to remember how to do it again, because I went today and already forgot how to access our reviews on Podbean. But, uh, you know, you guys are nice enough to write them. As long as I can find them, I will read them. And if I can't find them, If you want to, uh, you know, take a screenshot of it and send it to me, get it to me. You know, you can contact me through Facebook and I will read it on the show.
1: All right. Before we go any further, I also want to say a shout out to the great Brian Davis, his podcast, Great Movie Memories. And also at 11 p.m. on Wednesdays, he has a show called The Big Beaker, The Back Beak. Uh, on that metal station. So check out his uh, radio show. He's a good dude.
0: And I'll even give him a, a, a better plug. His show, if you actually want to hear it, it's Damn Good Movie Memories. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who, whoopsie, his radio show is The Bad Beat. So uh, on, on that metal station. Uh, apparently uh-huh. Scott, Scott didn't fire him.
1: I'm surprised I got his name right. Brian Davis. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, what, what a great
0: guy What a great guy And uh, I will be on some future episodes Of Damn Good Movie Memories And we've done episodes in the past Both together and separately I did and-
1: I did one with him like a month ago For the Warriors You know that movie The Warriors You know those New York Hooligans running around And beating up lesbians and shit The Warriors shot Cyrus yeah. You know you know what's funny? What was the guy's name? Luke, right? Luke. Luther. Right? Luther Yeah. Well, you know, this is the funniest shit. He was supposed to be on Leader of the Pack, not Bobcat Goldford. Right. But, but he didn't want to be like that character. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his character in Warriors, it's the same exact character in Commando and the guy's name is Luke Lu- Luther again. <laughs> So he doesn't that, repeat maybe he heard the song and that was an excuse.
0: I think so. I think you saw the outfits for that tour. <laughs> it said no. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Doc and I mean uh, Crocus warned him too. About those yeah. Yeah.
0: and if you wanna you wanna read a whole chapter about what an asshole he is, read JJ French's book. I'm sure he has beat with him too.
1: Yeah, probably. Oh god.
0: Alright, well before we get in the news, uh I took your advice on Pick of the Week a couple weeks ago, and I watched the Triumph documentary, Rock and Roll Machine. Right on. You wow. Like- what what a good documentary. I really enjoyed it. I thought they did an excellent job. Uh, I learned a lot because, you know, Triumph is pretty much a faceless band to me. I don't know a lot of the history. Where a lot of these bands, when I see the documentaries, I know 90% of the shit already. I just like seeing the footage and everything.
1: But this was actually a, a learning
0: experience.
1: And and you know what, Ian? I mean, you can see it in the documentary. Triumph was huge. They were selling as much as Motley Crue. They, they did talk about that. In the, I saw Motley Crue and Triumph at the Sportatorium separate shows, and they were attended the same. They really did bring in a lot of people because they had... A great stage show, and you know, Molly Crew. Speaking of Molly Crew, Molly Crew totally ripped them off, because when they did the Sport of the Kings tour, I think that was the name of the album, yeah, Sport of the Kings. The intro of the 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 show was a big laser turned into a face, introduced, yeah. and Molly yeah. then did it on Doctor good the same exact thing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So you liked it, huh? No,
0: oh, I, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was curious you know because i'd always heard about what a big draw they were uh so i looked up their their record sales and surprisingly they only have one platinum album and, I'll,
1: and I'll I'll uh,
0: yeah and that didn't go platinum i think till the 90s or early 2000s and i think they had uh four others that went gold uh but i'm surprised like you know like weren't these people buying the records i guess they were yeah. just going to the show you that know
1: weird thing you telling me this shocks me because i'm like but they filled arenas <laughs> i guess you can't do that today if you have one platinum mountain four gold ones not even triumph triumph right. can't come back you know but yeah. in the 80s you can get away i, I something i learned you learn something every day other than conga lingus <laughs> on, this, on this podcast but that um I never knew that, but, you know, it just goes to show that back in the day, man, you can fill arenas without, like, selling a quadrillion albums like you need to do now, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that's pretty and, cool. And they managed themselves, which was awesome.
0: Yeah, and another thing that surprised me, their biggest hit on the radio was uh, Somebody oh, yeah. S- Somebody, Somewhere.
1: Yeah, which I didn't even think was a big hit back then. I remember seeing it on MTV a few times, but... i i didn't think that was a big hit
0: i i i remember hearing it on the radio but you know not like i heard lay it on the line or you know fight the good fight
1: yeah not even close
0: but uh you know i thought it was odd though too that you know they didn't talk about 2112 or moving pictures
1: (laughs) they did skip they did skip two great albums progression of power and never surrender i was like why did they skip those albums yeah, They went into the, the crappy, you know, the ones where the record company was and They talk about those fucking albums with that guy that's now in fucking Bon Jovi.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a guy who took Because I remember that. I remember somebody took over for uh, for Rick Emmett. And uh, I, I didn't know it was that dude, that Phil X guy. But, yeah. uh, and then I also saw, I don't know if it was for multiple shows or if it was just one show. And they don't talk about it in the documentary, even though he's in it. But apparently, Sebastian Bach did a show with them. Oh, wow. Now, that I would have loved to see. I mean, obviously, he's a huge fan. I love the parts with him in the documentary. I wish there was more. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I know he's crazy, batshit crazy. But whenever Sebastian's talking about something he's into, he is so, you know, he's 100%. He's, he's, you know, passionate about it and, you know, the real deal. You know, I love Sebastian.
1: Yeah. But uh, You know, the great Charlie Hill. He's in yeah, Vegas now. Right. And he saw Cheap Trick. Yeah, I saw it. I saw his post. It was all deep tracks. And there's a picture he took, Sebastian Bach in the audience. And, of course, oh. it's not Sebastian Bach sitting down. It's his it's him standing up with a bunch of people looking at him with his arms up like, Hey!
0: Awesome, but uh, you know there was also some some touching moments in it too. You know uh, they talk about how you know lyrically they were a lot different than the other bands in the '80s with all you know the fuck me suck me Satan stuff. Talked about how their lyrics were very positive, and uh, you know there's a guy who had cancer that wrote Rick and Rick wrote him back. You know and other people that you know said they were on the verge of suicide, you know, and man, that part where they're talking to, uh, uh, what's the dude, the Levine guy, you know, Mike Levine. Yeah. He looks like, you know, he's going to cry and, uh, you know, that's powerful stuff. And I thought about, you know, all, all the great, you know, stories and messages that we've got from listeners who have shared similar search situations where we've helped them through dark times and. You know, be it mentally or, or medically, and
1: uh, and those people rule. I'll tell you why, Ian. Both sides rule. I have said it many times, and I'm sure I've said it on this podcast many times. I'll fight the good fight, and I am. I'm me. Are were very important for my, you know, getting out of parents' house. I mean, those were like the most important songs because they were positive. So that side is really cool. But then you flip the coin over. this podcast and Mm -hmm. we make people's lives great with dick jokes (laughs) yeah i mean it's the total opposite of inspiration
0: right but you know it's like whatever works you know whatever we do you know we've helped a lot of people and you know some people you know you look at the people that we fucked with and we make fun of that that is like it's not even a percentage point compared to the people who have written us stuff that you know how much we mean to them and, and, and what we've done for them and you know it made me think like you know sometimes it's easy you know for us to focus on you know making fun of people like Chuck Lobson and Terrence and uh, and uh, uh, Andrew Jacobs and stuff like that and maybe we should focus on
1: the positive shit we can do yeah but none it, of it involves those idiots Yeah, none positivity with them you know, here's the thing, Ian, we get these messages of positive, but Terrence's podcast gets messages of like, fuck you, you fucking asshole, you piece <laughs> of shit. You see, there's a big difference, too, and Chuck doesn't even get any messages. He's even worse than Terrence. <laughs> and Andrew Jacob, I don't think he can even afford a computer anymore. They cut they cut his fucking government thing.
0: <laughs> but it got me thinking of, of, of shit we can do, like positive stuff. And I even thought that maybe, I don't we would have to do it under different names. But we should start up like a pro, like fucking Sammy Hagar page.
1: You
0: know? And, and, and then all these Sammy Hagar fans would write us and, you know, and tell us, oh, you, you, you know, you helped me through a tough time. You know, I was about to do this. And then we could write it back and go, you know what? You should probably do it. That's not going to, it's not going to... It's not going to get any better. You know, get them on our side, and then when they open up to us at their most vulnerable state, you know, like, no, nah, do it. Do it.
1: Oh, man. Better yet, now, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: better yet. Better yet go to a Wabo concert and, uh, you know, t- take the rest with
1: you. You
0: know? Yeah. Let, 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 let's use our influence in a positive
1: way. No, no R, dude. It's just you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: All right. Hey, I ain't worried about it.
1: I, I <laughs> do not wish death on Sammy Hagar fans or Sammy Hagar because I don't. But Ian does, and I do not. I do not condone it, but at the same time, hey man, freedom of speech. Preach, Ian. Preach. Tell me more how they should die, even though I don't agree with
0: it. You know why I don't give a frog's fat ass?
1: Because
0: I'm represented by the law offices of Keyboard Warriors. Suck. You know, I, I I got me over there. Giuliani ain't got shit on Keyboard Warriors. Son. <coughs> if it don't fit, it ain't shit. You've probably seen their commercials on TV, like in the middle of Morin Povich. This is not a lawsuit against the company you work for. Do you have mesophilioma? Uh, did you encourage Sammy Hagar fans to kill themselves? Please call us today. You know.
1: Yeah. So you know, I, I, you, you know, it is funny, Ian. I saw Maury today. You know, Maury does those things. Who's the father and shit? I I love Maury. I love yeah, Maury. Today they had two two actual iguanas, <laughs> and and the child with Charles Lopson. And, <laughs> and it turns out the male iguana was not the father. <laughs> yeah the iguana did
0: like a backflip on the stage started dancing
1: <laughs> you should have seen him grooving all out the set of Maury man when he found out he was
0: not <laughs> oh man this is serious I used to do this at uh, at lunchtime a buddy of mine that I used to work with I would go to his shop during lunch and I would bring my tablet and we would watch Maury on my tablet and we'd sit there and make bets on whether or not you know that's the father or not and shit oh It was great. i love you some more. Good times. Good times. (laughs) Alright, well, fuck it. We got some news even to get to today. A lot of fucking news. Uh, Oh, man. Even since uh, I got prepared for the show, so I haven't had time to read this, but it says, Exodus singer Steve Zetro Souza reflects on his worst show. Uh, I'm glad I didn't see it, because I'm getting ready to see him in August. And I can't fucking wait. I just texted the amazing uh, Will Carroll from Death Angel, who's also on the bill, and talked to him about meeting up and having some beers, and he's like, that sounds awesome. So, man, I am ready for that show. That's going to be amazing. And, te- and Testament, who was headlining the show, uh, just announced today Dave Lombardo is going to be the drummer. So I'm like, fucking A. Oh,
1: i I up about that, and I was like, yeah, this is probably the best paying gig he's going to have other than Slayer because, you know, the Misfits played Madison Square Garden, but they only play sporadic shows. And you right. were talking about, you're going to go see Danzig soon. So it's like Misfits ain't going on now. And Suicidal, you know, he was a Suicidal, he was a Mr. Bungle. But this, you know, plus there's all his side things like film and stuff like that. But this is going to pay well, so good for him.
0: Oh, yeah, and, and let's talk about that lineup for a minute. Besides, you know, Chuck Billy, Alex Skolnick, and Eric Peterson, you got that uh, Steve the Giorgio dude or whatever on bass, who is a fucking beast. And now you got Lombardo on drums? Get the fuck out of here. Plus, he, oh,
1: played, he played on my second favorite
0: testament album, Gathering. Yeah, oh, yeah, Gathering kicks ass. So. Man, and then you got fucking Exodus. I finally get to see Exodus with Gary Holt. And I get to see Death Angel for the first time, plus get drunk with fucking Will Carroll. Yeah, so even like, though we're probably gonna sit on the tour bus and listen to fucking Hungry Boys on a fucking loop, but still, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's even how I text him. I said, "Hey, Hungry Boy, I got my chance to see you guys."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, he's great, man. He, he was after we did the show. He was texting me, you know, during the end of football season, telling me how shitty my Raiders are and stuff, fucking with me during the game. I'm like, "All right, asshole." All right. And his 49ers went out like a bitch, too. But anyway, he's an awesome, awesome guy, man. That's going to be a stellar show. It's on a Thursday. I got to work that day, but I, damn right I took the day off afterwards. And I believe they, they have the day off after, too. So who knows? We could go all night with that shit. Looking yep. forward to it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, both your teams suck. You know, until you, <laughs> both, until you both have an undefeated season. You will never be as cool as the '73 Dolphins. Hell yeah, my team. Yeah. Works. Even though I don't listen, to, I don't watch football anymore. But I did yeah. then. So '73 Dolphins—they they set the bar too high for me, yo.
0: Hey, you, you got to give them credit where
1: credit's due. But uh, yeah, fuck the Dolphins. Hey, Any, anywho, yeah, anywho, they fuck the Dolphins now. But if you say fuck the '73 Dolphins, I'm telling you, I'm gonna have. Fucking keyboard warriors suck.
0: Hey, all right. All respect to the '73 Dolphins, even though back then there was only two black people playing. Oh
1: man, what the? I'm getting on the phone. (laughs) All right, next story. (laughs) Help, keyboard warrior, help me, please.
0: Hey, he can't. That's a conflict of interest. I already got him on retainer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say, look, you got to take. Uh, Ian, you are my only hope. You are, you are my only hope.
0: <laughs> yeah, just snatch that retainer out of Terrence's mouth. Oh, shit. All right, next story. Uh, well, it's funny because there was a story earlier today I was excited about reading it, and now it's gotten even better, even though I don't think it's going to pan out. But uh, on the upcoming tour, Venom Inc. said they were going to play Black metal in its entirety during the yeah. show. which... Wow, awesome! But now Mantis is saying he wants the classic lineup to reunite for a 40th anniversary celebration.
1: That would be awesome, and they have to bring Abaddon back because kind of pissing me off. Abaddon's not in it. Yeah,
0: no, that would. Be, he says he wants the classic lineup. That would be w- with him. Mantis. You know the one, the one I always call abandoned, and you gotta, you gotta correct me. <laughs> But, uh, no, that, I mean, that either way, it's a win win. As, as long as they come here, and I can see it. But, hey, even if it's Venom Inc. playing it, Venom Inc., that was, you know, both of ours, that was the album of the year when that came out. Yeah. Uh, those guys are just fucking incredible. But, man, to see the original fucking Venom play that. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed the last couple of Venom albums, too, you know, with uh, Kronos and the Scabs and shit. I thought they were pretty good. Not better make good, but
1: they were good. Yeah, Cronus and Friends.
0: Yeah, but uh you I know well, too. I
1: saw Cronus Venom on, on the ship and did it. That that drummer's unbelievable. He plays Ooh. on the new Tony Martin
0: album actually. Now, who was that you saw you saw Kronos? Kronos' version?
1: On um, yeah, on the ship. Twice. Oh nice. And one time I filmed him all the way up front, he really played to my camera a lot. He was a real Really trippy guy, I got to meet him too. He's he's wild. He really nice. is fucking off hinge, you know, but a funny dude, but yeah, that Venom Inc. album just blew my mind. So nice. I got them all to sign it, you see. Even even Mantis even made a remark, he's like, Oh yeah, Cronus signed it. You know, Cronus signs his autograph backwards. That's how he spells it. And and Abaddon puts Abaddon, you fucking cunt. That's right. <laughs> that, that's his fucking uh that's his fucking autograph, which is awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, but
0: uh, I would love to see that. Well, they released the poster for the new Dio documentary, Dio, Dreamers Never Die. Uh, I love it. It's a shot of him from, from the Sabbath days, you know, from the from the first run. It looks amazing. I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's got a lot to live up to, though, to beat yours.
1: You saw it? Oh, I sent you a link, right, the other day? Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm gonna. But uh, I know it's good. I know it's good. Good. It's good.
1: Really good. YouTube bandit but it's on BitShoot.
0: Oh, so I got to go to BitShoot now. Well, I sent you a link. Is it, the link you sent me is the one for BitShoot, not YouTube, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. YouTube took it down.
0: Fucking YouTube. God damn Nazis. But uh I, I'm excited to see this. Uh, can't wait. You know, uh, we talked about it before. How disappointing it was that the book, you know, ended at Sacred Heart. You know, and I and I, I believe this one's supposed to be a little bit more, you know, to the end and stuff. But I, the thing is, when you love bands the way we love bands, there's never going to be a documentary that pleases you 100%. Yeah. You
1: know.
0: You know, it would have to be fucking. You know, like the Beatles documentary. You know, and even that, you're, you're going to want to know about every song and every album. So you're always going to be let down uh, on on one end because, you know, they do. They cater for casual fans for the most part. But, uh, I mean, anything on Dio that keeps his name out there, you know, keeps him alive and, and in people's minds, uh, I'm all for. So I can't wait to see it. Uh, it's going to premiere at the uh, South by Southwest Festival in Austin. Uh, Austin, Texas, March 11th. So, ho- hopefully that comes out quick, and uh, Mr. X gets me a copy. But I'll be I'll be buying that motherfucker on hopefully on Blu-ray. So, all right. Well, in the ever crazy world of Queens Reich, <laughs> now uh, Scott Rockenfield's coming out, and he's releasing all these statements on social media saying that Todd LaTorre does not speak. For Queensryche oh boy yeah which is funny because you know Scott's not even in Queensryche anymore uh, but you know Todd's uh, very vocal about uh, you know COVID issues and stuff like that uh, and and apparently Scott's not and wants everybody to know that that's not what represents Queensryche but uh I, I, I never think that when I read if if I read a statement from one person, you know, I don't think that applies to the whole band. You know?
1: Yeah, but he's How about you? star shit.
0: Yeah. So,
1: a lot of drama
0: there, man. I I wish all the originals could just work this shit out and get back together, but in the meantime, I'm a ha- I'm happy with this temporary fronted uh, version, you know? They're putting out good music.
1: Did you see that recent footage of Jeff Tate doing Queen of the Right?
0: No, I did not.
1: Unbelievable, dude. The guy hit all the notes. It was un-fucking-believable. type like I think he did it on the cruise. Dude, yeah. he hit all the fucking notes, man. It was, you know, I haven't heard, you know, Jeff Tate sound like... I'm telling you, when I saw Jeff Tate a few months back, he was unbelievable. And hearing him do that. And what's really crazy is he ends the show with that. So he ends the show out he does Rage for Order, then he does All of Empire, then he does um some songs from uh like last time in Paris, some teacher right. and then he ends it with Take Hold of the Flame and now ends it with Queen of the Reich after Take Hold of the Flame. It's like, holy shit dude. The guy's voice is pretty much back, man. I mean he can't it's not like back as far as like, you know, he can hit all those notes constantly. But when it's important to hit the notes, he does it just like he did in 83 on Queen of the Right. It was amazing to watch.
0: Well, you know, I, I think when it comes to Queen's Right, at this point, I could care less if it's Todd singing or Jeff singing. I just want DeGarmo back, you know. Well, and, and, and Rock, rock and Fuel would be nice, but, you know, I think Garmo would be the best, you know, snag for him.
1: Yeah, it ain't going to be anytime soon. There's too much
0: shit going on. Yeah. Alright, well, here's something that uh, I think is very interesting uh, and a good value, and I wish it applied to where I live, but unfortunately, uh, there's no like outdoor venues here in New Orleans. They're supposedly building one. But, shit, by the time that's being built, I'll probably be out of uh, Louisiana. But Live Nation has announced Lawn Pass 2022. Have you heard about this, Ralph? Nope. Okay. So, for $200, you can basically get uh, tickets to, like, hundreds. Anything that's a a Live Nation show that's playing, like... uh, I'm trying, let me bring it up here. Um, you're right by the, uh, what do they call it now? It used to be Coral Sky.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know what it's called now. It changes all the time.
0: Yeah, but I think I saw you on the list. Yeah, now it's, I think, Financial Amphitheater in West Palm. Place place I've been, uh, you know, a bunch of times. But anyway, you pay 200 bucks and basically you have a lawn seat to every Live Nation show that plays there over the summer. Wow. And, and, I mean, there's I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's shit like Backstreet Boys and shit like that. But, you know, there's, um, uh, let's see, some of like, the metal acts. Iron Maiden, Kiss, Death Tones, Foo Fighters, Nine Inch Nails. I mean, uh, there's a lot. Jack White, Jimmy Buffett. You know, uh, I mean, there's all Fish, Robert Plant, uh, Rod Stewart, Santana. Even uh, Steely Dan, uh, Tears from Fears, Sammy Hagar. Holy shit. Like, he can play those amphitheaters.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, know, Sammy Hagar's playing Saturday, same day as I'm, I'm going to go see Steel Panther. He's playing his little amphitheater. You know, man, I've come to realize, man, Michael Anthony, Sammy's bitch. I mean, it's Sammy Hagar playing the amphitheater, but Michael Anthony's there and he doesn't get no Billy? What the fuck? Yeah.
0: Why don't they just say Michael Anthony? Michael Anthony and Friends. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that's a pretty fucking unbelievable deal, though. You know? 200 bucks
1: for that? I think it's a great deal, and it's a smart deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, is is that a bad sign for for concert sales, that they would do that? But man, I, I think about how many shows I've seen from the lawn, you know, because I didn't have the money for pavilion seats back in the day. And then think about how expensive concerts are now compared to, you know, hell, 10, 20 years ago. You know, night, day, so for 200 bucks to go to whatever, Live Nation shows at that, and you can go on Blabbermouth, and or you can just Google this uh, Lawn Pass Live Nation. I mean, there's a list of, of shit. Even if like, you know, you're married, and you know, you like all these bands, but your wife likes all those bands. You know, for 200 bucks, you can you can take her, and she'll shut up. You know? Yeah. So, uh, no, I I think it's awesome. You know, sounds like a lot of fun. Again, if there was if there was a place here, I would do it for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, every time I go to Coral Sky, wherever the fuck it's called now, yeah. uh, usually I don't I don't go with a ticket. I, I just show up there and I always find somebody selling it dirt cheap. I I Alice Cooper and um, Ace Frehley went in for free, but the guy I went I went with he uh, got he got a ticket outside for fifteen bucks. Wow. And, and they closed the lawn seats because there was not enough people to, yeah. to, to put on the lawn. So everything was sold under the pavilion.
0: Yeah, I, that happened to me. Uh, Iron Maiden, uh, Fear the Dark Tour. It was so poorly sold that they moved you into the pavilion whether you had lawn seats or not.
1: Sad. Well, they sucked. Yeah.
0: Well, they, they're ten times better then than they are now, I'll tell you that much. Fucking horrible shit tzu stuff they're putting out now. But anyway, next story. Uh, now, this is something I talked to you... I don't think we talked about an episode. Uh, I think we were just talking during the week. You know, which we do because we hate each other. You know, we're just doing this for the money. But we still talk every once in a while.
1: Just finish the goddamn story, you cocksucker.
0: <laughs> See? Uh, <laughs> So Danzig is doing a May tour uh, with Cradle of Filth and Crowbot and I think a couple other bands. It's a a big bill, which probably means everybody's going to play for about 45 minutes. But anyway, uh, Danzig is doing Danzig 2, Lucifuge, in its entirety. Uh, Which, wow, you know. Most people, that's their favorite Danzig album. It's mine. Yeah, so I mean, that's I think it's mine too, you know, if I, if I had to pick just one, I think that'd be it. Uh, you know, unfortunately it's not the original Danzig lineup. Uh, I don't know who will have, I believe Johnny Kelly still is drummer from uh typo, but I don't know. Johnny Kelly's playing with, uh, uh, quiet riot now too. So I don't, they, they, haven't announced anybody, you know, who the touring people are. I know Tommy Victor from prong played with Danzig for a lot of tours but you're never gonna get that classic dancing sound without Chuck Biscuits, Erie Vaughn, and John Christ and that shit ain't happening. But uh, I don't know. I, I might go. I might go. I, I don't have tickets for that one. It is in May. I gotta see if it you know if it's on a school night or not. But uh, you know and it's at it's at a fucking casino, which I don't like those casino shows, but but fuck it. So, but, uh, yeah, if you love Danzig and you you look, uh, specifically love that album, you might want to check it out, see if it's in your area.
1: I'm going to see Quiet Riot soon. Oh, wow. I've, I've seen some footage. It looks, I don't know, it just looks fun.
0: I mean, how can you not have fun at a Quiet Riot show? But I, I still, I can't fathom a Quiet Riot show without Kevin DeBro, so.
1: Yep. But I'm going. But, in. but, you know,
0: Jizzy Pearl is a is a good singer. Uh, but I, I don't know. To me, it's... How, how do you do it without Kevin DeBro? You know, and Frankie Benally in, in spirit. But really, you know, to me, Quiet right's always been about that voice. So, I don't know. But, I, I, you know, it'd be fun. That'd be a good show to just get, like, fucking fucked up and go yeah. sing along to those songs, you know?
1: Of course.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Jack Russell says it was difficult for him to hear people calling him a murderer in uh, in the new uh, Great White Concert Fire documentary. Uh, hey, that sucks. Yeah. I'm uh, I- I'm looking forward to watching that. You know, a terrible tragedy. I had a friend in Florida who grew up in Rhode Island. And, you know, Rhode Island's like the whole state's the size of a fucking town. He knew a lot of people who died in that fire and uh just a very very sad story um but man how how can you really think that it's jack russell's fault you know i i mean i don't i, I can't remember how many people died in that but i think like wasn't like 80 or something it's like not, that
1: no it was actually oddly enough exactly 100. wow Yep.
0: Wow. So, I, you know, I mean, just do the math, people. If you're great white, you know, during that era, and you've got like 120 fans, you're not going to kill 100 of them on purpose.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's just idiotic to think, hey, man, let's play a show tonight and kill everybody that's there.
0: Yeah. I, I think that they were just trying to put on, you know, a spectacle. They were trying to give the fans, uh, you know, a treat. And... It just, you know, to me that that falls purely on the 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 owner of the club and whoever was in charge of the pyro, because that's who should have worked this shit out and should have figured out, oh, this this ain't right. So I could totally see you blaming like the road crew for, or for a great white, but you know they're not checking that shit. They probably don't even go to the into that place till five minutes before the fucking show. You know. Yeah.
1: And one of of the members died.
0: Yeah, exactly. So just a very, very sad story. You know? I mean, I think the biggest thing is, why? Why wasn't that at a circle show? You know? Oh. Then, then, you just turned it into a comedy. But, (laughs) uh, you know, but Great White, I like Great White, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I, that'd be very interesting to watch. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be a hor- horribly sad documentary. But uh, I will definitely check it out.
1: Yeah. I don't All know if right. I'd to watch that. It's probably depressed me.
0: Yeah. But uh, with that, what do you say we get into our review? Yeah, let's do this. All right. Well, this is a uh, fan episode. This one was picked by Keith the Rock Rockford, and a uh, little bit of sadness here because Keith was supposed to be on the show with us, and uh, and we had it planned. And then at the last minute, he realized he couldn't do it, and this just shows you what a trooper this guy is because he knows he has kind of a hard schedule, and he felt so bad about doing. He goes, you know what? He goes. I'm sorry, brother. I can't do it. He goes, just do it without me. Uh, you know, he goes, I don't care if I paid extra. You guys deserve every penny. You know, it was so nice. And I I made sure I asked him, like, are you sure? I'm like, we can, we can redo this. We can do another one. He goes, no, because something else might come up. He goes, don't worry about it. I love you guys. I know you want to knock these episodes out. Just do it. And, you know, what... What a fucking fan, man. I appreciate that so much. Uh, you know, because that's a lot, boy. I, I know how I am, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm like a Jew. <laughs> Steve Kirsch knows what I'm talking about. I pay that money. I'm like, I'm going to get my guest spot. But, uh, you know, it, it's really cool that he said just go do it. So I hope we do you proud. Uh, Long time listener of the show. We've had him on the show before. And he's amazing. Uh, so I just wanted to say, you know, thank you to Keith for that, you know, and and, and being understanding. And uh, hey, here you go. You asked for it. You get docking. Erase yeah, the thanks
1: slate. Keith. Thanks, Keith. And uh, hey, man, when shit slows down, you should just come on our podcast for whatever the fuck album.
0: Yeah, I would love to do that.
1: It's just well, would love to. Things slow down, hit us up, and we'll get you on the show.
0: You know, and and here's something, and I haven't even talked to you about this, but uh, just a thought that I had. You know, we want to get all these fan episodes done. But we've also talked about how, you know, we've relaunched the uh, Rocket Metal Combat podcast YouTube page. And we've talked about doing some live shows. And that might be something, you know, like people like, oh, I want to donate, but we're not taking donations now. You know, maybe we can do something where you do a live show with us.
1: Yeah, there you go. Great idea. You know,
0: know, and, and, you know, of course, you know, hey, Keith, you get one on on the house, you know. But that could be something, you know, we we haven't gone through the logistics yet, but it was just an idea that came to me today. Uh, That would be a great way, you know. And we might do something in the future as far as like a Patreon thing, where that might be a thing where Patreon members... Uh, are part of our, you know, get to be a guest on live shows. Just something a little different from the podcast, but, you know, still part of the family, the, the RMCP umbrella. So uh, stay tuned.
1: Yeah, I like that idea. You're full of ideas this week. Yeah, that's because that's I'm on call. I
0: can't get real drunk. <laughs> okay. If I was drunk, I'd never think of that. But, uh, yeah, so Keith wanted to do erase the slate. Uh, by Dokken. This is one I had never heard before. This came out in 1990. I was aware of it. Uh, never heard this one. Uh, I think I got kind of snake bit by the Dysfunctional album, or dysfunction, whatever the fuck it was called, but the Reunion album they did. I was a big Dokken fan in the 80s. Was really sad to see him break up. But then I bought that Reunion album, and I was like, ugh. You know, and this is when I'm all into Pantera and Thrash and shit now. I'm like, yeah, maybe Docken needs to just stay in the 80s. I love it, but, you know, stay in your lane, Dokken. <laughs> you know, it's
1: done. And it got even worse after that with Shadow Life. Remember that one?
0: I, I Again, I know of it. I have a digital copy. I've never listened to it. Terrible. Never, never listened to it. So, uh, you know, from that point on, after Dysfunctional, I've, I don't think I've ever heard any of the docking albums um, in their entirety. I think, you know, I did a couple, like, skim a couple songs, like, yeah, yeah, this ain't docking, this ain't docking And uh, even th- that horrible, uh, you know, unless I just heard two bad songs, but that Reunion Live album they put out? Yeah. Oh, boy. And even the band themselves admit that, like, oh, fuck, we should have rehearsed more. And, you know, they did it just for the money. And they were very vocal, you know, You know, they admitted it. Uh, but even George Lynch said, yeah, we should have practiced a little bit more. It wasn't that great. But, uh, yeah, so this this was a brand new listen. I had to study this one. I listened to it uh, two times today. But Ralph was like, oh, I don't have to study that one. He's like, that's my second favorite
1: docking album.
0: And I was like, wow.
1: Wow. Yeah, that- okay. And I just did a review for it last month, so my brain is fresh.
0: Awesome. So, uh, you know, I really don't have a backstory, but did you buy this when it first came out, or when when did you discover this?
1: Yeah, uh, at, at the time, <clears throat> I was a guest host on a college radio show. And, yeah, I got it in. They played Erase Slate, and I was like, can I borrow that? And I took it home, listened to it, and then I went out and bought it. I loved it on first listen. I was like, "God damn, this is this is the Docking," you know. And then as years gone by, I'm like, "Dude, this is like my favorite Docking album." Tooth and Nail.
0: Wow. Did you see the tour? Did you get to see him with Red Beach?
1: Uh, Oddly enough, with Great White. (laughs) Wow. I think that was before the fire. Yeah, it had to be. Um, Yeah, it was Docking and Great White at the Revolution. Um, and uh, it was a great, fantastic show. So yeah, I did see this lineup once.
0: Well, how did how did Red sound on the uh, classic stuff?
1: Uh, awesome. And there is a DVD out there called Out of the Sun, I think. It's yeah, that- I ha-
0: yeah, I have it, but I've never listened to it.
1: Well, it's that tour, so you can hear it. You can hear him all do all that stuff. Guy was phenomenal, man. I'm not a winger guy, but the guy rules.
0: Oh, I love Red Beach. Love. I, I've seen him I've seen him with Winger uh, twice. I've never seen him with anybody else, but he is incredible live. I mean, I don't care what you think about Winger. That dude is a fucking oh, no, no. redder.
1: I saw Winger. Uh, you know, I, I've been to Winger shows where they're opening and didn't bother to go in, but I saw Winger at one of these pre-cruise shows at the casino here, and they were unbelievably good. I mean, those guys are
0: tight. They're tight. Oh, fuck yeah.
1: Like, like, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Um, oh, man, one of my favorite characters in Breaking Bad. Have you seen Breaking Bad? Tuco. Oh, I love Breaking Bad. Tuco. That's yeah. That's <laughs> tight. That's tight. <laughs> oh,
0: shit, love it. All right, well, why don't you take the opening track, the title track, Erase the Slate?
1: Oh, man, this is my favorite track. This is the one I first heard. I love how mip brown does that intro like the ocean of uh got four i and not we studying right uh it's a burning opener track you know and it's in the tradition of like kiss of death and truth and, uh tooth and nail like the speedier track but this one has like a little more melody to it but not not compromising the fast heavy nature of the song so you know there's no george lynch so many would would not give this album a chance but rev fucking kills on this track total shred fast with that solo fucking killer track and you know it's uh it's one of my favorite all-time favorite uh and songs because my favorite Dawkins songs are like the fast ones like paris is burning till the living ends, tooth and nail kiss of death the racist slate is right there with those tracks and so uh, and definitely my favorite track off the album what do you think um uh, i think it's a good opener but there's something definitely different
0: here and, and it's not just you know a lack of george lynch uh, because i think Reb beach is fantastic on this album but uh unlike their current guitar player john levin who who is also amazing but he is he is like a uh, like a tommy thayer he goes out there and he does a george lynch and he, and he does it you know just like Tommy Thayer often does it better than George Lynch, you know, and more faithful than George Lynch does now. Um, but I don't know. There's just something different to, about the sound of this. And, I, you know, like I said, I never heard Shadow so I know that's supposed to be weird and different. But it just doesn't sound like classic docking. I you know... I mean, this one's pretty close lyrically. It is like a kiss of death, you know, like a faster one and stuff like that. But there's just something I don't know, like they're trying to be of the times and current. And I, I want to hear docket be docket. But I, I do think it's a good track and a good opener. And I'll take the next one. Change the World. Um, not bad. Not a horrible song. Um, I don't Spoiler alert, I don't think this is a bad album, but I think a lot of it sounds the same. And this one to me is a little little fillerish. and to me it's too early in the album for filler. But it's not a horrible album, but it's like, I don't know, it's 90s docking, not 80s docking, that's for damn sure. What do you think could change the world?
1: Oh, I love it, man. I love that opening riff into that. Great melodic track with cool hooks. Uh, this really reminds me of docking This is like a the 80s chalking track to me. I love this track. Uh, but you know what I love more is the next one, Mattis Hatter. You know, I want the ordinary. Like this song rips, man. It's my third favorite Uh This track fucking owns the Alice in Wonderland lyrics to this heavy, catchy track. Uh, one of the best docking tracks uh, overall, I would say. It's an underrated classic, I like this whole album is. I think it's badass. What do you think?
0: Um, uh, I think it's okay,
1: but it's painf-
0: painfully obvious to me uh, at this point, three tracks in, that they are trying to add a '90s sound to it. I mean, I you know you hear that voice, and I think Don sounds amazing on this on this, the whole album. I I think he's a great, great voice. Uh, You know, much better than what you're hearing now. But uh, there's just too much of trying to be current, you know. Not, you know, as bad as a generation swine, but you can tell they're listening to the radio and they're listening to other influences. But it's not horrible. It's just not what I want from Doc. And I'll take the next one, uh, Drowned oh boy spooky docking ain't scaring nobody (laughs) you know this this is definitely you know you can tell lyrically you know it's like a you know creepy downer docking uh but again it's not bad but you know it's when i when i want hear docking i want to hear something like uh the hunter or it's not love, or you know, and any of those classic 80s tracks. You know, I, I, I want to hear Burning Like a Flame You know, oh. I, I love that song.
1: No, nah, you're kidding, right?
0: No, that, that, that's my favorite docking album. I like it over tooth and nail. Back for the Attacks is my favorite docket album.
1: Well, that makes you public enemy number one.
0: <laughs> what are you gonna do? I already got the best lawyer. You can't fucking sue me.
1: Yeah, anybody that talks bad about docking. Is public enemy number one. People <laughs> <laughs> are not rocking if you're talking bad about Drowning.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, this one's just kind of—it's it, it, funny, but it's not horrible, you know. It's—but come on, you're trying to be somebody else. What do you think of Drown?
1: I think um, I think it's a killer fucking mid-tempo track, killer crunchy wrist, great vocal melodies on the bridge. <laughs> Yeah, it's got a dark undertone. Yeah, that's not what you hear from Doggin'. And I love what the rhythm section's doing under that fucking amazing solo this guy does. I think it's uh, another kick-ass track. Thumbs way up. Alright, I'll take the next. Shattered. Oh, this one, it's got a dark vibe, too, like Drown, you know, mid-tempo. You know, again, great riffs and But, you know, I gotta say, I don't like the chorus of this song. You know, uh, everything that surrounds it is awesome, but that melodic melodic chorus is, you know, I don't know. Uh, But the Killer Riffs into another, you know, ripping solo, uh, unfortunately, it's got that chorus. I don't like the chorus of Shattered, but everything else I like about it. What do you think? I think it, it sounds good. But it's
0: not memorable. It reminds me of a lot of songs on this album. Passable, not offensive, but you know, are you gonna remember it two minutes later? No. But <laughs> what I really thought was funny was the ending of the song when he when he goes into like his Jim Morrison shit. <laughs> you know, that that was like I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is this? even the the guitar is a little bit like Doors Doorsish. And then he starts doing, like, his spoken word. You know, I was, like, waiting for Doc to be like, and he walked on down the hall. <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it, it, but it's cool. It's cool, but it's just, to me, it's too far removed from from what I want to hear from Doc. But uh, I'll take the next one. And this is something, uh, hey, even I learn shit sometimes. They do a cover of Three Dogs Night, Three Dog Nights 1. one Uh And I never knew this, that it was written by Harry Nielsen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I did not know that. I mean, I knew, you know, Three Dog Night did a lot of songs. Like Mama Told Me Not to Come was written by Randy Newman. I knew they they had a lot of songs they didn't write, but I never knew that Harry Nielsen wrote this. And I've I've always loved it. You know, One's the Loneliest Number. Uh, Classic, beautiful song. And I think they did a really good job on it. Um, And I noticed Doc Dokken doing a lot of covers. Uh, at, at this point You know the On uh, Dysfunctional They did one of my Favorite covers of all time They did uh, From the beginning By Emerson Like Palmer And I it, That's the, the Highlight of that Fucking album uh, But I, I thought They did a great job On this I know on the next album uh, What was it called uh, Scroll down here uh, The one they did With John Norum uh, Long Way Home, they did a Yardbird song. So they were doing a lot of covers around this time. But I think I think this is a really good one. I, I dig it. I think Don sounds great on it. What do you
1: think? Awesome cover, man. They really beef it up. And, uh... Uh... Starts kind of faithful to the original. But I love when it picks up, man. It makes it, like, such a killer version. You know? And, uh, it's a shame this band only lasted one album, you know, thanks to Lynch twats that can't accept any band, anybody, but, uh, it's one of the greatest covers I've ever heard, really, man. It's really fucking amazing. I absolutely love one. Uh, All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, You got something to say? No, no. All right, the next one is, uh, Who Who Believes. It's decent not so great but the solo crushes and you know what i wouldn't skip it really you know it fits the album it's decent but it's not great what do you think
0: uh it's it's a hard pass for me you know me you know i i think it's so funny you know you look back on the old episodes with if i didn't like something you like you're like you hate metal but i I, i'm the guy that hates balance (laughs) you know I, i i i hate unless it unless it's extraordinary You know, it's gotta be something that, like, just either musically touches my soul or, like, you know, vocally, you know, makes me tear up or feel something. I gotta gotta feel something. If I feel nothing from it, then it's just, it's an empty, obligatory, hey, we're docking. We're the people who wrote alone again. You know, we gotta have a ballad. Uh, Nice solo from Red Beach, but other than that, it's a hard fucking pass. And I'll take the next song, Voice of the Soul. Um, not much to say about this one. Again, not horrible, but uh, it's faceless. It's faceless. It's like a foreigner T-shirt. You know, they're not even on it. You know, you're not gonna. At least I'm not gonna remember this song after it's done. But at least it doesn't like you know make me sick or you know write anything horrible about it. It's just totally forgettable to me. What do you think?
1: Oh, I think it's killer, man. I love them crunchy riffs, the melodic chorus. It uh, doesn't really annoy me on this one. It flows well with the, you know, the riffs that surround it. I think it's a great, for this album, a deep track uh, and another killer solo all over that fretboard. I think it's a cool track. I'll take the next one, Crazy Mary Goes Round. Yeah, this is where Crazy Ralphie Goes Round this one. Let's pretend. I mean, I'm just speaking for me. I'm gonna pretend that the mighty Van Halen never existed, <laughs> because by thinking that, then I can say this is the greatest good time, fun song ever. <laughs> Seriously, I fucking love. It. I mean, other than Van Halen, this is the funnest song I've ever heard in my life, and I fucking love Mick's voice. This guy says, should sing more, man. And uh, and if it was released in the '80s, pushed by Electra Records. This could have been a huge hit, you know. Electro Electro Records pushed "Girls, Girls, Girls," and that, <laughs> that was a huge hit. And that song sucks. You know? And <laughs> hey, this is a fun song, you know. It buries it, uh, you know. It buries everything that's fun, except for the Mighty Van Halen. Um, so yeah, and this would be my second favorite. And if it was on the, if it was a big hit on the radio in the '80s, they'd still be playing it today. Well, people would be sick of it. You know, like, fucking, you shook me all night long and shit. <laughs> but I still love it. What do you think of Crazy Man? All
0: right. This is where I school your ass. Uh, this is my favorite track on the
1: fucking album. I don't blame you, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I am torn. What's, <laughs> this or a racist slate. I, I am really, really torn between these two tracks. Go ahead. Go, keep going. I, I absolutely
0: love this song. And... Oddly enough, it, to me it sounds nothing like fucking Dockin', Uh, But it is so goddamn fun. I love Mick. Mick Brown's my second favorite member of Dockett after George Lynch. He's
1: uh, now my current favorite singer in <laughs> Uh
0: He's and I love when they let him sing. You know, he he sings. Uh, he would sing a couple live, and I think there might be you know a few tracks here and there on albums where he sings.
1: But I love it. And and I don't mean to cut you off, but um, on that Live from the Sun DVD, I was talking about, Mm -hmm. they have bonus features, and they do this unplugged, and it's fucking awesome. Nice. And he sings? Yeah, yeah, he sings it. You know, he's playing the drums, but it's like an unplugged version with this lineup. And, yeah, he sings it and plays drums, and he fucking nails it, dude. Guy's got a great voice. Oh, oh, yeah, and he's just so
0: fun. I mean, if you ever see interviews with Mick Brown, I mean, he's just hilarious, you know. When he was drumming for Ted Nugent, he got arrested for stealing a, a golf cart drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy is wild. He's known for being a legendary cokehead back in the day, and also for having the <laughs> the worst rating. Uh, remember, uh Metal Sludge? Yeah. Yeah. So, remember when they had the groupie chart on there?
1: Yeah, like the penis chart?
0: Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. like, the worst rating. Uh, this chick basically said it was a mushroom head, and that was it. But she, she said it could have been all the coke. And she said she almost would have forgave it anyway if it wasn't for the... the Like horrible fucking sex faces he was making, and 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 like the noise when he came, and and two people got that same review, him and Paul Stanley. Uh. (laughs)
1: They
0: they said, uh, I I don't think they they, the chick goofed on Paul's dick, but she said he just looked so retarded when he came, and and the noises he made and the face the fuck faces he made, but this chick went on and on about you know she was trying hard not to laugh when Mick was fucking her. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt so bad for him, you know, but at the same time, it's like, this motherfucker's so crazy, he don't give a shit, you know. That cook was so good, that's all he cared about. But no, you hit the nail on the head, this is just a fun fucking track. Man, I I wish, you know, I mean, I know he's out of the band now and retired, uh, but uh, I I love it. It was definitely, uh, when I was going back on the re listen, uh, when I was doing my notes, I couldn't wait for this track. I was like, fuck yeah, I want to hear that Mick Brown track again, man. That shit was awesome. But then, unfortunately, we go into the next song, Haunted Lullaby. Oh my. <laughs> this is totally Doc and, you know, times STP. And you know what that gives you? STD. Ouch! <laughs> this, is, yeah. Yeah, this is this is painfully, painfully trying to be grunge, uh, to the point where it's laughable. Yet still, this doesn't offend me like something like Godsmack or Creed or anything like that. But just hearing it come out of Dockin, Uh you know, it's 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 like, you know, think Crazy Nights. Think like Kiss trying to be Bon Jovi. This is Dawkins Crazy Nights trying to be Stone Temple Pilots. Which, in my opinion, a lot of this album is. Um, but yeah, it, it's laughably, lately, an attempt to be grunge, but yet still not horrible. So there you go. There, There's the positive. What do you think of Haunted Lullaby?
1: Yeah, I, I dig it. I think uh, Dawkins sounds good on it. I think it's a mid-tempo jam. But I, I will admit, it is filler. Digging that. You know, but... It, it's just, you know, something I wouldn't skip. It's not one of my favorites on here. Uh, but man, one of my favorites on here is the next one, which I consider the greatest docking ballad ever. And I love Alone Again and Slipping Away, but this is some next level shit right here. You know, I would say it's one of the greatest ballads ever written, and your honor is amazing. Absolutely love it. What do you think? Uh,
0: beautiful. Beautiful song, and uh, this one is a tribute to uh, his back for the attack wig that burned to death, and, bur- burned to death in the Great White Fire. Uh, it was on loan uh, to to Mark Kendall,
1: but uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know he's bald. He needs yeah, that the, wig. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, <laughs> if you look at look at those early Great White videos like yeah. Stick It or Substitute from the first album. You already see he's completely bald, but he has a little headband on. Right. And look, then look at fucking um, Into the Fire by Doc. They, they had the same exact hair back then. <laughs> <laughs> and breaking the chains. Look at that. Look at that fucking the bangs on him. The receding forehead. Him and Mark Kendall. Mark Kendall bl- uh, dyed his hair blonde back then. Doug right. Was- <laughs> So, if, you know, Doc Rose Blonde or you know, was Brunette, it'd be the same exact balding head.
0: In fact, I think they show it in the new Great White documentary. It was almost like it was out of The Godfather. It was like, take the wig, leave the guitar player. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, you know, he he, he left both and, and ran the fuck out of there. Uh, terrible joke, but you got to admit, it's funny. Uh rule. That's, you know, cool. that's right. That's the carnality. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, I got to give credit where credit's due. You're absolutely right. It is a beautiful song. Now, this one, to to me, this is, you know, total night and day difference from uh, Who Believes. Who Believes sounds made up, you know. To me, I hear it. I don't hear pain. I hear we got to have a ballad. Uh, This one, I think, is beautiful. Beautiful lyrically, uh, you can tell it's about somebody he lost. And if it isn't, if he just made it up, then kudos to you, Don Dokken. Uh You you made me, you know, you sold me. Uh, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta put this up there with Alone Again. I I don't think musically it's as powerful as Alone Again, but uh, it's just a great song. So, did yeah. You ever see,
1: did you ever see the, the virus? Thing, commercial with Docken where they put a chicken in front of them? <laughs> no. Oh, dude, you gotta see this. I'll, I'll find and send it to you. They get, It's a commercial for an, some antivirus program, and Mick was still in the band. Uh, but it is John Levine. And they put, I can't remember the concept, but they put a whole chicken in front of them and they, they all hump at the same time and the chicken explodes. What? Yeah, it's like, where? <laughs> it's like, we got the band doc in here, and, and I forgot what it had to do with the virus program. But they put <laughs> they put a cooked chicken in front of them on a table, and they all just did a little hump, and the chicken blew up.
0: <laughs> you know, okay.
1: I know there's a story behind the chicken and the virus. I just can't remember now. But that does exist. It's on YouTube. You gotta check it out. I'll send it to you. It's hilarious. Wow. It's like we sent rock band docking. <laughs> it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I got to see that. All right, well, I'll take the next one, uh, which is it's it's listed in here as a hidden track.
1: Yeah, nineties, uh,
0: huh? Uh, yeah, I don't know on the CD if there was a pause. Yes, the there questions.
1: was. Yes, there okay.
0: was. I, well, on my on my copy, it's a separate separate track. But holy shit, this should have been the fucking single. <laughs> it's only like a, like a minute sixteen. But fuck, the guitar sounds great. Pilsen is going to fucking town. And yeah, it's called Little Brown Pill. I fucking, they should have made a song out of this shit. I thought it was awesome. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's badass, you know? It's badass. I was shocked, really. I was like, I would never picture Jeff, like, shredding like this on the bass. Yeah. But he does. It, it is. It's fucking jaw-dropping. I I mean, Reb, yeah, you expect that from him, but not from Jeff.
0: Yeah, and, and like, just when you think it's going to be more rev, you know, Jeff just totally runs it out. You know, yeah. like, God damn.
1: It's fucking amazing, man. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love nice. it. Nice.
0: Now, I don't know if you, I have the Japanese bonus tracks. Do you have the bonus tracks on your copy?
1: Yeah, uh, well, no, but I know the song's Upon Your Lips and Sign of the Times.
0: Yes, sir.
1: All right. All right. What uh, upon your lips? Yeah, it would fit the album with heaviness and, mo- and melodic, you know, nature of the song. But I can see why this was was left off. What do you think upon your lips?
0: Uh, I gotta disagree with you. I dig this one. I think it should have been on the album. I say take off like Who Believes or uh, you know, uh, was it Change the World or something like that. I think this is even catchier than change the world I you do change the world they you know try to have a catchy chorus and stuff like that I think this one works better I love upon your lips
1: <laughs> right on. All right
0: up for the next one All right I'll take the next one Sign of the Times um this one I can see it's just okay it definitely sounds like everything else on the record though uh and this is a this is another one you could interchange this with in my opinion, to you know, shattered or one of the other voices of the soul or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it, it's I like to find your lips a lot better. I'll say that much. What do you think?
1: I, I gotta say, man, it's just pretty much copy and paste what I said about find your lips. Okay, is the same thing, you know. I don't think it's bad, you know. It, it matches the heaviness and melodic, but again, I can see why this one was left off. Gotcha. All right, well, that's our review. This was
0: released. Uh, let me see here, June fifteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Um, produced by the band, and at this time they were on CMC International. You remember CMC? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, a lot of us who were around back then, uh, all the '80s, a lot of the '80s bands went to CMC, and especially like the glam bands. And there was a joke that it stood for Cheesy Metal Cemetery, <laughs> <laughs> and and I kind of get that, you know. I think uh, Warren went with CMC. Uh, there was a lot of them shit. I think fucking, I think Priest might have been on CMC for the for the for Jugulator.
1: Uh, they were actually, you're right.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of, you know. it, it kind of reminds me of what Frontier Records is now. Uh, you know, you see all the 80s shit on Frontiers now, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't pick this one up, and and I gotta tell you, you know, for, for all the the bitching, pissing, and moaning, I didn't think it was a bad thing. Now, I don't know, uh, if I go like run back and listen to it, am I gonna put it on my phone? Probably not. Uh, but it, it does make me think, okay, maybe I should check out some of these other George Lynchless docket albums and, and see what they're like. You know, I know a lot of people love Lightning Strikes, um, and I think I, I heard a little bit of Broken Bones that wasn't that bad. But I, I don't know anything off of Shadow Life or Hell to Pay or Long Way from Home. So maybe maybe I'll check those out.
1: The opening track on, what was the name of that album? You mentioned it now. Um, Before Hell to Pay, what was the name of that album? Uh, Long Way Fuck. What's that? Broken Bones. The opening track of Broken Bones is fucking awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't care for the rest of it, but that opening track is godly. Whatever it was. Yeah.
0: I will say, you know, I saw Dockin' with John Levin, and I, you know, I thought he was great live. You know? But then again I was so drunk I thought Don
1: sounded good. You know, I don't know. No, Levin's awesome live. He's awesome.
0: And you know what's funny is he's he no joke. Uh he is Don Dockin's lawyer.
1: No shit.
0: Yeah, that that's how they met. He is he is a practicing lawyer and a very successful lawyer too. So that
1: and, so that's why he's still in the band.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does he does so
1: fires him, he's gonna he's gonna sue his ass.
0: Yeah, he he does he does very well for himself because uh, you know if, you know if he had to make money off of just you know turn with Docking because you know he don't get no George Lynch money you know uh, but who knows maybe, maybe maybe he signed a really good contract <laughs> he's a lawyer but yeah he he's a he's a practicing lawyer I did not but, know that yeah but it, but damn good guitar player like I, you know like you have even said you know that. You see Levin, he does Lynch better than Lynch, just like Thayer does Ace better than Ace, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Well, now it's time to get to pick of the week. You have a pick of the week, round.
1: I'm sorry. No, I'm very excited to be here. Don't get me wrong, Ian. You caught me in mid-yawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't. Like, oh. All right. You know, all right. And, and for now on... <laughs> So now on, pick of the week is like, alright, let's go into pick of the week. My pick of the week don't
0: even have it. Alright. So so unlike whose name gets mentioned first, you you always want me to be first for pick of the week. <laughs> yeah,
1: at the end of the show you can say e
0: Ian and row Alright. Well, I'm gonna buy you some time because I actually have two picks of the week this week. Okay. Uh, and my first pick of the week, uh, well actually you could consider both of these doc related. Uh my first one is, in my opinion, a great live album, "Beast from the East. Uh, to me, that was docking at their peak. That's from the uh, Back 4 Attack tour. And I I just think it, it's amazing. And I think I've heard uh, that there's a lot of studio touch-up on it, but that's fine. If that makes it looks the better. Yeah, you listen to me and Ralph, you know, some our favorite live albums, you know, have a lot of studio magic to them. But I think it just sounds great. Really, really good. I I think uh, Lynch is just a beast on that record. And Don still sounds good. I I think it's a really good collection. Uh, If you can, try to find the the vinyl version that has all the tracks. I know they admitted one or two for the CD release because they couldn't put them on there. But just an awesome album. And my second pick of the week, and I can't remember if I ever picked this before or not. But this is an amazing band. Uh, and I just found out they're going to make a second album. But Black Swan. I, I was blown away by this. And Black Swan is one of these frontier super groups that they love to put out. Uh, this one features Doc and, uh, Doc and bass player Jeff Pilson on bass. Guitar is Reb Beach. The singer is Robin McCauley from McCauley Shanker. And I don't know who the drummer is. I think, you know, a lot of times in these super groups, it's like, blah, 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 and a drummer. You know, like Damn Yankees was like, eh, blah, blah, and a drummer. Pocket. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I was blown away. If you like 80s hard rock, I think you'll love it. But it's not cheesy. I mean, and, and Red Beach is guitar playing. Holy shit. Uh, but, you know, I heard like the first two singles. I was like, oh my God, what's the rest of the record like? And I was blown away by how solid it was, because there's so many of these projects. I mean, George Lynch has fucking 500 bands he's in. You know, some are better than others, but a lot of times, you know, oh, I like this song. Like, I got all excited for this um, Dirty Shirley album he did with, with him and some singer from France. I really like the... It's awesome, man. Yeah, I really liked, like, one or two tracks, and the rest, I was like, eh... But the Black Swan I thought was solid from top to bottom, and uh, I I turned a coworker on to it. You know he loves all the fucking 80s shit, and I'm like, dude, you got to check this shit out, and he loved it. Uh, but yeah, Black Swan's debut album and Dawkins' *Peace for the East* live in Japan are my pick of the weeks. Did I buy you enough time, Ralph?
1: Yeah, and and I love that Black Swan album. Um, you know, it just depressed me too because. I don't know what happened with my Beast from the East vinyl. It's gone. complete. Oh, and yeah, I have it on CD. What's omitting, as far as I remember, was one track. Oh, uh, that was a good track. And it's a great track, Standing in the Shadows. And it's a great live version. I, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, I'm bummed, man. Because that is a great... And I don't like 80s live albums, but that one right there is the exception. Love it. Yeah. All right. Good one. I'm going to cheat with my... Uh, I'm going to cheat song. You know what? It's it's basically... My pick of the week is just going to be two songs. Because oh. hey, I got home late today. And waiting for me at my door is the new violence violin. So I got it. and uh, But I, I had to do this podcast, so I had to you know put it aside... But it's really well packaged. It's like an orange, red vinyl, marble vinyl. It brings a poster, and then brings a um, like a, another separate sheet with band pictures and lyrics. And uh, nice packaging, you know. And um, uh, so, my songs of the week is uh, "Flesh from Bone" and the title track "Let the World Die." Smoking killer, fucking song from this my favorite thrash band ever. And uh, I look forward to um, listening to this also. so hurry up, Ian, hurry up. Uh, well, uh, just to let you
0: know, I just got that today from Mr. X, and I proudly loaded it on my phone. I love the, the title track. I really like, you know, I've said it before, I didn't like Killian's voice. Uh, I like the two tracks that I heard off of this. I think he sounds better than, than on Eternal Nightmare, just my opinion. But who knows, maybe this will be the you know, the starting off point where, you know, I play the shit out of this and I kinda get used to it. And maybe I'll go back and I'll uh I'll look on Eternal Nightmare like the rest of the world does. But uh yeah, I, I like it a lot. I, I, like,
1: I like flesh and bone even more and I love uh you know, Let the World Burn, but Flesh and Bone, man, that shit fucking blew my mind.
0: Yeah, I like them both.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs>
0: Oh, this is something I, I can't believe. This is a late news story. Late news story. Uh, so now, uh, what's his name? Uh, Phil Demel is filling in for the entire uh, Overkill Tour.
1: I'm seeing it, by the way. It's coming my way.
0: Yeah, uh, you lucky bastard. They're not coming here. But, uh, yeah, they just said Dave Linsk is not doing the tour for some
1: personal reasons yeah health purposes they said
0: oh really i just saw personal i didn't see health well,
1: Oh, maybe i'm maybe i'm
0: but uh but that scares me because the last time that happened uh you know was with ron lipnicki who i thought was the best drummer that fucking overkill ever had until they got Bittner. uh and i'm still like yeah I, I, I love Bittner. Look, Nicky, man, he was a fucking beast. But Dave, man, Dave has been there so long, and he was so cool and so nice uh, when I got to hang out with Overkill, man. Super cool guy. I hope he comes back, but yeah, talk about weirdness. I even saw in the comments on Blabbermouth, somebody goes, hey, what about the other violence guitar player? (laughs) You know, Which, know, which you brought up that point the other week, and I didn't even think about it. You know, like, how weird that is. Like, I I, I hope that doesn't start a rift within uh, violence.
1: Yeah, I hope man. not, because, man, out of every guitar player on the planet, like, literally, I can open my window and throw a rock and hit a guitar player. You had to pick the guy that's gentle with Bobby. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, well, here's a, here's another thing I didn't think about, man, because so much shit goes over my head. Phil Demo played in that band uh, with... With Blitz, they put out that album right, uh, right after the pandemic. That one that was all covers. Yeah. So there's there's already a relationship there, but yeah, that that's got to be weird, especially with you you know the hatred coming from Bobby towards Overkill. Uh, I hope I hope that doesn't lead to his exit for violence, because I think he sounds amazing with Phil, and that band. I mean, the guitar work, you know, on the two tracks that I heard was blistering really good thrash so we'll see what happens and one more update before we get to fan of the week uh, i just did a little look-see on uh wikipedia here and there's three tracks that were admitted that were omitted from the cd version of the vinyl version of uh beast from the east
1: oh wow but, yeah
0: i i one of them right yeah, that's one of them. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and read and compare them all, but yeah, there's there's three more tracks if you get the Japanese or U.S. cassette or the LP version has three more tracks than the U.S. CD. And really, at this point in this day and age, who's gonna buy the CD? Get the fucking vinyl. Uh, do you
1: have the vinyl, the, uh, in?
0: No, no, I got it from Mister X. <laughs> that, that
1: was about to accuse but, you of stealing it because I don't know where mine went.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, Edwin Canastratchi took it, because he proudly shows that and says, you ain't shit for a docking fan if you don't have this album. He had a really nice post of it. So I would love to get it on vinyl. Definitely.
1: I'm gonna, I'm I'm calling the cops on Edwin. You know, all <laughs> my albums uh, in the 80s. When I uh, buy album in the 80s, I would write my name in the ear to all at the bottom. Yeah. But something like this happens, so. Edwin, I'm bringing uh, people to dust, dust, uh, <laughs> dust-proof your vinyl. <laughs> yeah, I'll go
0: with you. We need to make a trip out to Cali, go hang out at the rainbow, and we'll get your record back. Yeah. That's All right. Well, now it's time to go into fan of the week, and it's the amazing, forementioned Keith the Rock Rockford. Uh, love this guy, man. Great, great friend of the show. And I believe, memory surgery, right. We, we did, um... Alice Cooper, Raise Your Fist and Yell with him, right?
1: Yes. yes yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, uh, just a great, great guy. And, uh... I hope you enjoyed this episode, brother. Uh, I, I mean, we, we do. We have the best fucking listeners and friends on the fucking page. You know, and, uh... It just, it just means the world, you know. I You know, I was thinking that as I was watching that, that Triumph, you know, when, when they're talking about their fans and stuff, and I think about the people who listen to this show and how I, I, there's so many of them I wish we could hang out with and party with. And I'll tell you what, when and Pod does happen, man, do everything you can to get there. I realize everybody can't, you know, but if you can, do it because we, we love hanging out with you guys. And doing your drugs, you know, and drinking right. your beer.
1: I, I, I love them as much as I love the words pod fluid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Pod fluid will spew all over you. See, we could we we use a lot of good things. <laughs> Tune in next week and regurgitate some <laughs> pod fluid. <laughs>
0: Well, if you enjoyed this very fluid show, come back next week when we have an episode for another legendary listener. Eric Cinnamon wants us to do Caius's Welcome to Sky Valley. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
1: What do you think of pod loads? (laughs) I can swallow that. Yeah. Yeah, come swallow our pod load. Next time.